Welcome to The Deeper You Go, The Weirder It Gets. I'm your host, Garrett Rennan. Just a quick reminder, if you are enjoying the show, let me know. And don't forget to hit the subscribe the, hit the subscribe button and, and also leave a review. All right, so let, let's get into it. Have you ever had the realization that you just can't do it all? The world is a huge place filled with lots of people you will never meet, cultures you will never understand, romances that will never happen, languages you will never speak, countries you will never visit, jobs you will never have, books you will never read, musical instruments you will never learn, and hobbies you will never master. And the list goes on and on and on. So about five years ago, I was going, to, I was going down a YouTube rabbit hole when I came across a channel called The Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. The channel's description is a compendium, which means collection. So a compendium of invented words that aims to fill holes in language, to give a name to emotions we all feel but don't have a word for. The mission is to capture the aches, demons, vibes, joys, and urges that roam the wilderness of the psychological interior. Each sorrow is bagged, tagged, and tranquilized, then gently released back into the subconscious. It's a very interesting channel, which sadly looks like it hasn't been active for a couple of years, but Nonetheless, there is still a lot of great content on that channel, so I recommend checking it out. Anyway, one of these invented words that really struck a chord with me was onism, which is the frustration of being stuck in one body that inhibits only one place at a time. It's the sad realization that we just can't do it all, that we can only experience a tiny fraction of what the world has to offer. After watching the video for the first time, I I immediately realized that I had been suffering from onism. It was crazy. At one moment, I had no idea that this word even existed. And and then in the next moment, I find out that this word perfectly describes the sadness I have felt for many years. And by the amount of views on the video, I'm fairly sure I'm not the only one who 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 has been suffering from this sorrow. So I will post a link to the video in the show notes. I definitely recommend you check it out. It's only three and a half minutes long. After watching it, let me know what you think. My favorite line from the video is, all the billions of doors you had to close in order to take a single step forward. To me, that sentence sums up the feeling of onism because every decision we have ever made and every decision we will make in the future immediately closes the door to other possibilities to other possible life outcomes. This is especially true when you think about some of the big choices you've made over your lifetime. Have you ever wondered how different your life might might be had you picked a different college or chose a different major? What about if you would have moved to that other city? Or instead of moving, what if you would have decided to stay? How different would your life have been had you taken that other job instead of the one you have now? What about if you married someone else? Each and every decision you have made over your lifetime has brought you to this very moment. You are who you are and your life is what it is based on all your previous decisions. Had you made a few different choices along the way, your life would be completely different. It's definitely an interesting thing to think about. So anyway, now that this feeling has been defined, what are we supposed to do with it? Is this knowledge of onism supposed to depress us or make us feel better? Look, there's no denying that onism is depressing. It's a sorrow, right? As the YouTube channel would suggest. Because 
because this world has so much mystery, beauty, awe, love, and it's truly a shame that we will only experience the smallest taste, and that's if we're lucky. However, as you know from the shadow work episodes, that knowledge is powerful. In order to fix a problem, we must first identify it. And so knowing that no matter how hard we try, that we, can, we, can't, we just can't do it all, well, we can gain a lot of information from that truth. See, onism gives us a reason to slow down and to focus on the moment, to be present in the here and now. Onism is also a great reminder that the choices we make have a major impact on the overall quality of our life. Each and every decision matters, so choose wisely. At the same time, onism teaches us not to dwell on our past choices. Sure, your life would have been different had you made different choices, but remember, there is nearly an infinite amount of possibilities on how your life could have turned out. And well, that's just way too many to worry about. So don't dwell on what could have been. Instead, just focus on doing the best you can in the very moment. But the biggest lesson I believe Onism teaches us is that less is more. The secret of happiness, according to Socrates, is, is not found in seeking more, but in developing the capacity to enjoy less. Or as Seneca said, it is not the man who has too little, but the man who craves more that is poor. Even Plato echoed the same feeling when, the same feeling when he said, all things will, will be produced in superior quality and quantity, and with greater ease when each man works at a single occupation in accordance with his natural gifts, and at the right moment without meddling with anything else. In fact, this idea that less is more helped me find the cure to onism. After watching the video for the first time five years ago, I became inspired and I wrote a blog which I called, I Suffer From Fitness Onism. In that blog, I talked about all the fitness endeavors that I wanted to pursue, such as kickboxing, kettlebells, bodyweight plyometrics, jujitsu, powerlifting, Olympic lifting, yoga, animal flow, parkour, triathlons, gymnastics, move net, and bodybuilding, right? I, I really wanted to do all those things. And, and so I came to this, the conclusion that how it would take several years going five times a week just to have a decent understanding, let alone make any significant progress in just one of those disciplines. So becoming a master of all those disciplines was impossible, especially once I considered that I still had other obligations outside of the fitness world, such as running a business, household chores, family and social commitments, and other non-fitness related interests to attend to. At first, I was bummed out. There was so much I wanted to learn, but no way to make it all happen. However, something interesting happened. I discovered a true passion. After a couple years after I wrote that blog, or a couple years after I wrote that blog, I started training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And within just a couple of months, almost all my interests in all those other fitness modalities went away. In fact, nearly all my interests in other physical pursuits went away as well. Not only that, but Jiu-Jitsu completely changed my view on fitness in general. My workouts became more structured with the purpose of supporting my jiu-jitsu journey. It was no longer about wanting to do more. It was all about doing less. See, the only way to get good at jiu-jitsu is to do jiu-jitsu. So spending hours in the gym doing general fitness-related workouts only took time and energy away from doing, the, doing what I wanted to do. Like I said earlier, I now spend less time doing general fitness than ever, and ironically, I'm stronger 
and and I'm stronger than ever and in the best shape of my life. So this experience has made me realize that the cure to onism is to find the things you are passionate about. Once you find your passions, other desires and other life possibilities, they start to lose their appeal. It makes sense, right? We all enjoy different things. Some people love making music, some art. Some people love climbing mountains. Others love surfing, hiking, or working on cars. Finding the things you enjoy and making those things and making those activities a priority is the cure to onism. So then the next question would be, how do you find out what you're passionate about? Well, this is actually a very interesting question because you don't necessarily get to choose what you are passionate about. Our passions are hidden deep inside us and we have to find them. You may think you can you can choose your passions, but you can't. Most of us have no idea why why we like the things we do. The idea is that we don't choose our interests. Our interests choose us. Because we must discover our passions, there are two steps you can do which will help you find your interests. Step one, which is probably the easiest step, take note of what you don't like. That's right. Take note of what you don't like. Believe it or not, learning that you don't like something is just as valuable as learning that you do like something. Because once you discover you don't like something, you don't have to waste your time doing it anymore. In other words, this knowledge allows you to remove all the non-essential out of your life. A great book titled The Dip by Seth Godin talks about how quitting can actually be a good thing. Now, this is not an excuse to quit everything. Instead, this book challenges you to analyze why you are doing what it is you are doing. If you can't find any good reasons why you're doing a particular thing, maybe you should quit. Because once you remove all the non-essential from your life, you immediately free up more time for the things that you are passionate about. And then step two Pay attention to the things that call to you. Like I mentioned earlier, we don't necessarily choose what we are interested in. So in order to find these passions, we need to, what we need to learn about ourselves, we have to pay attention to our feelings. We need to pay attention to the activities and subjects that captivate us. A good exercise to do, which can, which can help is to ask yourself, how would you spend your time if money was of no concern? If you could do whatever you wanted how would you spend your time? What types of projects, hobbies would you love to pursue? These questions are are not easily answered, but if you spend lots of time thinking about them, you'll be surprised at what you learn. All right, so to kind of wrap this episode up, the feeling of onism is real and it's strong. Onism is a truth and the sorrow it brings may never fully go away. We will always be haunted by the would-haves, could-haves, and could-haves and should-haves of our, of our past, and we may always yearn for more. However, the key to defeat this feeling is the same key to having a meaningful life, and that is to remember that less is more. Our time should be spent as much as possible, right, focusing only on the things we truly love while simultaneously removing the things we are less passionate about. If we are successful in doing this, we will have more time to spend doing the things we love. And if, and if the more time we spend doing the things we love, and, and the more time we spend doing the things we love, the greater and more meaningful our lives will be. See you on the other side. <laughs>